You are listening to Talking Images, the official podcast of icmforum.com. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we are going to discuss one of the greatest ailments you can ever be burdened by, film burnout. Yes, the terrible experience of not feeling like watching films. Uh, that, that thing that happens when you may rather want to, um, you know, pursue other hobbies. Uh, perhaps you may even feel forced to enjoy the great outdoors. So, um, today's episode is dedicated to tips and advice, as well as sharing our dark experiences and uh, do our best to get you back into those dark rooms and enjoy the hell out of it. <laughs> so, join us as we put up a fight against the scourge of film burnout. Uh, we, we may possibly entertain the idea that film burnout is not that big a deal, you know, regardless of how incomprehensible or just offensive that notion is. But let's get into it. Uh, the counseling session is well in, in session. And as always, I'm Chris. And for this episode, I'm not just joined by Adam and Saul, but for the first time, our longtime listener, Arthur will be joining us as well. And as he knows a thing or two about film burnout, it might be especially interesting to just hear him speak first. So go ahead, Arthur, just give us a quick introduction of uh, yourself and tell us about how film burnout has plagued you. All right, well, um, I went by a lot of usernames in the forum. I've been there since maybe 2012, 2013, and... I'd say I'm one of the more infamous members. <laughs> I guess that could be a good summary of it. And uh, I basically had film burnout since 2019 until 2022. And still to this day, I'm not really the extreme measure that I was back then. I mean, back then I was watching like five films a day or something like that. So I think anyone would have film burnout eventually. So um, I think the big thing about me is that if I check movies, it kind of promotes a competitive environment if you're a competitive person. And... I remember the big thing I did was trying to get on the top 500 of every list, the top 250, and just keep going like that. On top of that, trying to find like those obscure hidden gems that are always fun to unearth, I guess you can say. And the film burnout happened because it was basically just going through lists that I knew I was going to hate, basically, and kind of fell out of place with wanting to pursue other hobbies. Kind of the big thing of doing that was video games, actually, and a bit of books. I guess you could say it's kind of a form of an existential crisis, and I kind of got back into it recently after showing stuff to my partner, but we're kind of at the point now where I just stopped caring about my reputation, I guess you could say, or anything like that, and we also just watch trash most of the time, but hey, that's basically a genre, so to this day, I'm still having fun with that, but it's definitely um, not at the extreme level that I did back then. Yeah, with uh, five films a day, I mean, burnouts are coming and maybe burnouts are just a sign of, you know, hey, calm it down a little bit. This might also be a really good uh, point to just bring in uh, Adam and uh, Saul uh, as well. And and I know that uh, you, Adam, in particular, you tend to go through uh, batches, right? Where at some times you just run through films and other times there's next to nothing. Do you want to talk a little bit about why that is? 
Yeah, well, I think when I was at university and then it was a point where I left and I went back, there was a few years where I was watching a lot of films, like hundreds of films, um, sometimes three films a day. And then gradually, I think as my sort of personal life changed, so I got a better job, you know, I moved to London and I kind of got busier. I think I sort of changed my film watching habits. And then, so now what I've been doing for the last for the last few years, I tend to watch like no films for ages and then watch like kind of binge watch them for a little bit. So, for example, recently I started watching films in the 2020s. I went for a couple of weeks where I watched quite a lot of them. Now I haven't watched any for a few days. In another couple of weeks, I'll probably watch some more. So now I just don't feel the need to constantly watch films. And sometimes I feel the desire to watch quite a few. And I watch a few in a few days. But I don't think I'll ever go back to how it was when I was sort of late teens, early 20s, where I'd watch absolutely tons of films because I just don't think I have the energy or the time to do what I used to do. Hearing both of you talk, I mean, this feels a bit like a sequel of sorts to our uh, film addiction episode, which I would also recommend anyone listening to this to go back to. And in that episode, Sol, you mentioned that you might uh, even have a little bit of a problem where you just watch too many films and feel a bit pressured into watching films, perhaps by this competitive element that uh, Arthur's been talking about. Have you ever experienced film burnout? The only sort of film burnout that I've experienced is film burnout for like one sort of film. So I I don't know if it was during that podcast or another one, but I did talk at some point about this Westerns challenge that we had going on the forum. And I really wanted to do well on the challenge and because everybody else was being so competitive. I found all of these one hour long Western comedies from like the 1930s and 1940s. And I was watching, I don't know, two or three of those a day for a couple of weeks, and I just got sick and tired of it. So burnout for me really only occurs when I'm watching one sort of film. Otherwise, you know, I enjoy watching films. I'm an 1,000-plus-a-year person in terms of film watching and only actually increased over the years. So the only burnout that I really get is when it's one sort of film. I mean, there have been a couple of things with the competitive stuff like Last year, we didn't have a leaderboard for most of the year for the challenges, so I sort of lost interest in them. And then it took me a while to sort of work out what I wanted to watch. So I still wanted to watch films. I was still watching at least one or two films a day, but I was spending more time thinking about what to watch because I didn't have those sort of guidelines and actually watching anything. But it's not really burnout because I don't really have other hobbies. I mean, you know, Arthur talked about other other hobbies like video games. I'm not really into that. So, you know, film is pretty much my own ho- my only hobby, which sounds incredibly sad. I mean, there's other things I'm interested in, but, you know, it's the thing which I enjoy doing most with my spare time, reading about films, watching films, discussing films. So that's where my interest lies. In terms of the energy and time factor that Adam mentioned, I am just recently over the last few weeks or whatever, I am decreasing the amount that I'm watching, but that's actually not really due to energy. It's more due to, I guess, health reasons. I'm having a few uh, issues with my eyes lately, so I'm not quite getting in, you know, the six films that I'd potentially be able to do on a Sunday where I'm all at home. You know, that number's getting, you know, much lower because I'm just fighting that I'm struggling with my eyes and vision issues if I spend too long watching too many films in one day. But otherwise, yeah, burnout I'm not really experiencing in the same way that 
Adam and Arthur have experienced it. But I'm interested about you, Chris. Have you experienced burnout like the other co-hosts or are you in a similar boat to me where burnout doesn't really exist in the same way? Oh, good question. I mean, I've certainly gone through patches where I've seen a lot less films, but then I, I think I've never been as extreme as either you or Arthur. I mean, I've never had a five film a day average. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I might be a little more insulated against burnout uh, too, uh, just because the, the numbers are not quite as extreme. I think I'm usually about like before COVID, I was probably like a 400, 500 uh, film person a year. I've been down to around 100 some years where I pursued other hobbies or, uh, you know, just been doing a lot more stuff uh, uh, outside of dark rooms. I'm not sure if that's necessarily burnout. I have gone through patches. I guess this is burnout. I, I, or I compare it to burnout where I enjoy films less or I feel less excited about films. And, and I think that that might be almost be a little bit more interesting to me to discuss the burnout because film is one of my main hobbies, but probably my, my, my main hobby, the one that I enjoy uh, the most. Uh, it's obviously quite sad if, you know, you start losing interest in your, in your main hobby or you start enjoying your main hobby less. So when, when you guys talk about burnout, uh, Adam and uh, Arthur, are, are you talking about just like, enjoying films less or is it more that you just cannot watch films? It, it, it's a bit more of a struggle. Oh, uh, yeah, it definitely say it was a struggle plus it's kind of a weird way to say it but i just kind of felt done with films i was maybe in the 8000 range so i kind of felt i was left behind on other hobbies and too much of an expert on that one and basically just wanted to catch up with other things it's kind of putting it succinctly but it's kind of a weird summary i'm not sure i would really say that i have like film burnout i think I feel when I do watch films, so like when I recently watched the 2020s films, I actually enjoyed it and there was quite a few I really liked. I mean, one thing I would say, which isn't really burnout, but I'm definitely like harsher in terms of my ratings and my opinions of films now than I would have been a few years ago. But when I do actually sit down and watch them, you know, if I like them, <laughs> I enjoy it. I think what I find more difficult now is, for example, there's a James Bond episode we're going to do at some point this year. I mean, I think a few years ago, I could have just watched all James Bond films in like a couple of weeks. Now it's taken me like six months to do it or something because I don't think the films are that great, most of them. So if I don't like films as much, I think it's much more of a struggle. But I wouldn't say it's burnout. I just think it's just doesn't feel quite as important to me anymore to watch everything as it used to. That might be, uh, I'm not sure if uh, it's called the wake-up call to some of our listeners, but I mean, it, it, is it possible that film burnout is just a response to overdoing it? Do you think that there's such a thing as just overdoing films, just being too consumed by it, that, that you know, in, in fact, it, it might be wisely, wiser to just, you know, take a step back and uh, watch a bit less? I don't know if this answers anything that you just asked, but I think for me as well, when I started really getting into films, there was a kind of social aspect to it because we were all watching the top 250, we were all talking to each other online about it. And also there was all these like, amazing new films to discover. So I think there was a kind of discovery period for me when like, I was seeing, first time I saw an Italian film, first time I saw a silent film, and it was just like constant amazing stuff. Now I kind of feel like with the film forum and everything, I could watch zero films a year and still have the social aspect, the community aspect of it because the forum's been on the go for so long. So I don't really feel like I need to watch anything to 
to participate in the forum anymore. Uh, yeah, actually, this will be a weird example because it's kind of unrelated to it in concept, but it relates to it with how it works. There's this video by Pete Dorr, who's like a video game collector, and for at least 20 years, he was still doing it. And the biggest advice he gave was that he's talking about collecting, and if you're just doing shelf filler, just trying to acquire as much as you can, you will get sick of it eventually, because like you said, it's just an overload. So kind of the advice he gave is just trim the fat, so to speak, just be more selective of everything you want to do. And it's kind of liberating in that way. And with the selection, you kind of make it more, I guess you could say effective when you go through the hobby, especially if you find something that you like. And with that, you can keep going with that hobby. I think that's a very good point, Dr. And it goes back to what Saul mentioned earlier, too, that the only times that he's really felt like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore is when he just puts himself through uh, film after film after film that he knows he won't really enjoy. And that that's something I stopped doing a long time ago. I still, I still give films, I think I want, like, a shot. Uh, from now and then but generally speaking if I watch a film it's because I hope I'll like it <laughs> and uh, that didn't always used to be the case it used to be the case that I would try to watch um, everything that was remotely popular that people were talking about just to be part of those uh, conversations and I think that's when you know you can start getting a bit tired of it but when you're actually consuming things that you're really enjoying it sh and, and not doing it to an extreme degree, that's when I think film burnout is very unlikely. It is actually reminding me of uh, back when the challenges were a lot more in-depth. I remember some of us would watch 90, maybe up to 100 films in that month. And considering that it would just be one genre, not only does you get more tired of it, but at the same time, it kind of just turns into mush. Like, I remember the Noir Challenge, looking back at it, you'd be like, wait, which one's a thief and which one's a burglar? I can't differentiate between either film, and I feel like that wouldn't help with the hobby as well. There are some users on the forum who still do that, go through and regularly watch 90-plus films a month, which translates to three or more a day. I've been known to do that occasionally, but only for something really interested in, like, the horror challenge. You know, I usually end up getting 90 points or more because it's what overlaps with the school holidays. Uh, the same with the Dublin Canon nominees challenge. Uh, that's another one I can usually get to 90 or more. But it's not something that I'd be doing for every single challenge every single month. Uh, there are some users who do. And they're not on this podcast, but obviously it would be interesting if they join the discussion thread for this podcast, but it gets created on the forum. Like Lauren, every time there's a, a horror challenge, it tends to get like 100 plus, I think. I mean, I think one, one or two years, it did like 300 plus in a month, which are just utterly, utterly incredible and insane and something that at any kind of other kind of scale, it's just completely unhealthy, probably. Like if anyone did that for a full year, for instance, I'm not sure there would be room for anything... Uh, yeah, look, Lauren's record for the hard challenge was actually beaten, I think, last year, the year by year before by PunQ, or P-U-N-Q, I'm not sure how he pronounces his name, or Punk, however he pronounces it. He managed to do, I think, 340 Westeds or something in that range. Uh, it, was definitely, it was definitely more than Lauren's by a significant amount. And he is somebody who watches, you know, six to seven films regularly every single day. I mean, they're not all long films. Some are only an hour long, but he's like a regular six to seven film person a day. 
he's not the only person on the forum like that. Oh, I didn't know it was 67 a day. Yeah, that's okay. Um, well done, I, I, I guess. He would have been great to have this podcast just to check, you know, how he has not experienced burnout and whether or not he's actually enjoying what he's watching. Because if you come to the forum and discuss film with him, like he's someone who has this project of trying to see every single film made every single year, like going from the beginning of time. And he doesn't seem to be enjoying most of the films he's watching. So I'm not sure he's managing to keep that going. I think even Lauren doesn't watch that many films anymore, though, compared to... She's definitely not like a two or three film a day person. I think just horror films is a bit of an obsession for her. I think almost all of us from 10 years ago, 10 plus years ago, there was a whole group of us that watched absolutely millions of films. I think the vast majority of us don't do that anymore, including Lauren, me, Chris even. So yeah, maybe it's an age thing as well. Although, I don't know, how old is Sol? Sol, how old are you? I'm 36 now. Yeah. Okay. That that sounds incredibly old, but yeah. Well, I'm 35, so... Oh, it's mid-30s old, so... (laughs) I feel depressed now. I've passed the 35 point, so I'm now in my late 30s, technically, so um, that's what makes me feel older. I'm not not sure. I'm I'm definitely not the oldest person on the forum by any stretch, but um, it does make me feel a bit old, although... My, my film watching has increased with age, which is uh, interesting. We we have people in their 80s, 90s on the forum, you know, so... It's... I, I know, I know, I know. I mean, nothing compared to Esther or some of the other users in their 50s and 60s, but it does, you know, feel old, so, yeah. Listen, can I just be clear, right? 36 is not late 30s. Right, that's mid-30s. When I turn 36 this year, I am not late 30s. <laughs> okay. Late thirties is like thirty-eight, thirty-seven at most. Thirty-eight, thirty-nine. <laughs> I don't want this to be a midlife crisis podcast. Well, okay. So you're gonna have a midlife crisis in two years instead of uh, one, Adam. Well, if I'm talking to Saul about age, then definitely I'll have a midlife crisis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so this is suddenly turning into something very different. Where instead of uh, talking about how to protect ourselves from. Um, Film burnout, we talk about how to uh, protect yourself from midlife crises. So, definitely healthy as well. Apparently, the easy tip there is just don't speak to Saul about age. In, in terms of losing interest in film and feeling like you don't enjoy film as much as you used to, what are some of those things you've found that will get that passion for film back? Well, for me, it was usually uh, more theatrical experiences. There are two decent theaters here. And for example, Cronenberg's uh, crash in theaters kind of sparked it back out of all the films. Definitely exploring new genres. And I find that with age, my uh, critical thinking got better. So I was able to appreciate stuff a lot more by looking at it through a new lens. Because in my early mid-20s, it was basically mostly just experimental stuff. Because it kind of gives a visceral reaction instead of me looking at something more in depth. But I guess I just kind of got tired with that. I guess like with every genre or hobby, if you will, uh, as you age, you kind of get a new perspective on things. And I guess if you just stick with the same thing all the time, that's when it starts to get boring. My answer would actually possibly be the opposite of Arthur's, although I I do agree that exploring different avenues can be quite interesting. But when I get into like a funk and I have no idea of what to watch, Actually going back and rewatching something is something that I find quite useful because in that situation, you usually have a fairly good idea about whether or not you're going to enjoy it rather than sitting down blind to watch something which you may or may not like. So yeah, that's something which I'd sort of recommend, you know, going back and try to find something that you uh, think you'll like. 
might be a way of easing yourself back in. But then again, I'm speaking as somebody who hasn't really experienced proper film burnout and who's only had one day, I think, in the last five years where I haven't watched a single film. So I'm not really in the same position as Adam or Arthur is in this podcast. Well, I really appreciate um, us having an old man on the podcast. So pass <laughs> on his life experience to us youngsters. Um, but for, I mean, for me, I still, I still watch, when I watch the 2020s films, there's still some films I watch and love. So I don't think I've really lost my passion for film. I can still watch a film and think it's amazing. Just don't have the same desire to watch hundreds and hundreds of films a year. And I don't know why, but I used, to, I've always been like an all or nothing person. So I used to be like, if I'm watching films, I'm watching everything. Whereas now I'm not so bad with that. But yeah, I, I still like a lot of films. I just, I don't feel like I have to watch everything. And then I just go through bursts of wanting to. But I think when I was younger, maybe I felt like I had to watch everything in a different way. I just don't care that much anymore. I still like the films. I just don't care about seeing hundreds of them. Yeah, that, that just sounds healthy, to be honest. I mean, I, I, I would actually like, my, my tip is almost the opposite of Saul and Arthur in that I think it's, uh, good to actually just pursue other hobbies for a bit as well. If you fall out of love with the uh, film, you know, maybe maybe some physical hobbies, maybe just the siblings of film, which is, you know, um, reading, video games, or music. And of course, the closest relative of all, uh, TV shows, which is almost the same medium, but not quite. They can get you hooked in, in other ways. In, in terms of just regaining love for film, if you feel it's waning, I, I think rewatches are uh, really good because uh, you can just get back to films you really enjoy, recapture the experiences and also just see how they've changed. And also just being a bit pickier with what you watch. Like if you don't really feel like watching films, like watch stuff that on some level or another does really excite you. To take our conversations back, we talked about, you know, how some people on the forum will manage to do 100 films a month, possibly more. And we have a surprise visitor coming in the middle of this episode our dear friend Flo who we just mentioned you can just call me Ben yeah of course Ben <laughs> but we mentioned you as Flo earlier and thank you so much for just jumping in on the go because when we brought you brought you up and saw that you were online we figured yes you know we need to get <laughs> Ben into this episode and just talk to us a little bit about how the hell is possible to keep watching 100 plus films a month and just not seemingly burning out have you ever burned out? Maybe on a very specific kind of movie. There's so many different kinds of films. And yes, I do follow themes like this month. It's the Women Directors Month. But I mean, women directors direct a lot of different kinds of movies. So it's, you know, I will watch a horror movie, then a documentary, then a drama, then, you know, something else, comedy. I mean, I, th I think switching it up like that keeps the burnout away. Uh, does most of your film viewings tend to be based around the challenges for running on the forum? Yeah, I've accumulated a whole lot of physical media. And so I use the forum challenge as a way to kind of focus on what to watch. Otherwise, I would get into this kind of analysis paralysis and watch some random nonsense and that may or may not contribute meaningfully to what I'm trying to do. But that's kind of the idea behind it. And it's really useful. I mean, I, I use it similarly to kind of just go through my backlog uh, too, but uh, usually with, say, 30 films a month. <laughs> so uh, how do you like balance all of your responsibilities, essentially, in life and this, that kind of commitment and passion for film? 
Well, I mean, it helps that I work from home. So mm. if I'm, you know, not in a meeting at work, I can have a movie playing. My desk is like right there in front of my big screen TV. So, you know, and I'm not one of those people also that religiously have to 100%. Okay. I'm going to go and sit down and I'm going to watch this two hour movie from beginning to end in one sitting with all lights off, 100% focused. You know, mm. if I have a meeting in the middle of it, I'll just pause the movie and then go back to it after the meeting's done. And one could argue that, oh, well, maybe that disrupts the the flow of the film. But, I mean, frankly, you know, how much disruption are you going to get from something like Scarecrow's Revenge? Is that really going to suffer from being paused in the middle of it? I was just checking the Discord to see if a regular co-host Tom was there, too. So to increase the episode, the temp- temperature even more, because he's, you know, a film purist who says you need to pay attention to a film in every single way. No distractions. He's obviously not seen Scarecrow's Revenge, then. <laughs> Probably. Or possibly, actually. He's quite a horror. Quite into horror. It's possible that he's done that. <laughs> now, having said that, there are definitely movies that, if I think I will like them a whole lot, if I predict that I will like them a whole lot, I will definitely make an effort to focus on them. I'm not going to watch them, you know, in the middle of the day while I'm working or something like that. It's also a good thing that you're not here with your last name, too, so that your employers uh, hear about what you're doing. Uh, I don't really care. <laughs> they rarely pay attention to what I'm doing anyway. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> and I think this explains some of your viewing habits uh, to them, Ben, in that you know, I noticed that there's a lot of uh, stuff with very low IMDb ratings. So I guess that's kind of like the fodder you go through during your day at work. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I probably like a third of my movie collection is like random garbage horror movies that I found in bargain bins. So I tend to watch a lot of those. I mean, if you look at any random challenge that I participate in, there's, you know, even this month with the women directors, there's quite a few just random garbage horror movies that have been thrown in there. But every once in a while, they turn out, they turn out good. You know, there are diamonds in the rough. That's why I do it. <laughs> if it's just 100% garbage, then I wouldn't keep watching them. How many films do you usually watch a year? Like, uh, have you have you ever had a year that dipped below a thousand? I doubt it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's usually at least a hundred movies a month. Oh, there you go. Saul's got the stats. Twenty two hundred <laughs> last year. Wow. Yeah, I can't even imagine going to that. I'm trying to get this back into the burnout question. So, I mean, when you manage to watch, you know, 2,200 films and balancing that with, with your work and your, your family life as well, like, is there some magic formula you have that stops you from burning out or losing interest? No, I mean, let's say we have 24 hours in a day and then roughly 16 hours of that you're awake, right? Give or take, depending on how much you sleep and how much you do whatever. So, I mean, you know, 16 hours, you seven movies fit into that comfortably, especially if they're shorter movies. I mean, if you notice during the Academy Awards challenge, wasn't necessarily seven movies a day because those movies are long. You know, it might be closer to five movies a day or even shorter if it's one of those four hour epics. So, I mean, it, it just depends. But, you know, if I watch a handful of movies during the day and then I usually have time for at least one in the evening after my kids go to bed. Sometimes even more than one if they're really short movies. Like during horror month, I can usually work in a couple of like 70 to 80 minute movies in the evening before I go to bed. But it, it you know, it, it's really not that hard 
to do if that's your focus. You know, a lot of people balk at that, but then a lot of those same people have, you know, will watch four hours of reality TV in a day. And I'm like, you could have watched three movies in that time instead of watching this random garbage that you will have forgotten in a day. Not to say that anyone here watches a lot of reality TV, but that's just an example. So, I mean, it all depends on how you section out your day, really. To be fair, I've actually been watching some reality TV these days, but some of them are like interesting to a psychological perspective, if that makes sense. Kind of like armchair therapist kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, some people, you know, watch them for the train wreck aspect of it. I just they, they tend to feel very repetitive and staged to me for the most part. I will say uh, we do watch the Lego Masters with the family just because I like to see what the Lego builds come up with. But other than that, I, I tend to avoid it. Actually, I did have a question. Uh, I'm assuming you throw in other hobbies there, too, looking at your um, avatar here. So I'm wondering, like, how you incorporate those in as well? Yeah, um, I, I actually do game quite a bit. So, you know, I mentioned in the evening, usually that's kind of family time. But I also have a Nintendo Switch, which is portable. So if the kids put on something that is terrible, which is a not uncommon occurrence, then it's very easy for me to just, you know, sit there and play a game while they're watching that. To be honest, I, I'm not the biggest fan of random garbage YouTube videos about Minecraft and uh, Roblox. Oh, man, I only got through 2,100 films last year. I feel like a failure. I was just checking the uh, stats on that um, Gunner or Kurt Rad, and it was uh, 2,123. Okay. Yeah, so see, that isn't that much. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there are definitely, going back to the burnout, there are definitely times where I do get burned out. It depends on the challenge. Noir, for instance, I can't watch just noir for the entire month just because a lot of them are depressing. And that's just, it wears me down after a while. If you go back and look at any noir challenge, you'll notice that I don't 100% focus on that. I'm usually busy in one, in one of the other challenges too, or just watching just random stuff. I do really like noir, but it just, I can't, I can't just sit and watch like seven noir films in a day back to back like that. It does kind of remind me back in like 2012, 2013, uh, we did like um, director filmography challenges and one of the months was Wiseman. Uh, that really depressing documentary filmmaker. And I remember Kasperius and I had that term that we got the Wiseman blues after all of that. Yeah, no, I would definitely not want to do a Wiseman marathon. I think I did a short Wiseman marathon actually in one of the director challenges, but that was like three movies. And even that felt interminable. I mean, part of it's Wiseman seems incapable of making a movie under three hours, even though it's just watching people standing around and talking. There are definitely filmmakers that, specific filmmakers that I couldn't watch a lot of in a sitting either. James Benning, Andy Warhol, a lot of these that try my patience. I just don't find them interesting. I don't. It's, you know, glorified wallpaper film. Well, I enjoyed some Benning, but uh, yeah, I, I can uh, see what you mean there. Uh, you mentioned that you have had some burnout. Like, do you want to uh, talk about that a little bit? Well, just like I said, it, 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 especially if it's depressing. Saul suggested in the chat need to suggest a depressing movies challenge next year so he can beat me. Uh, he probably would. The only way to beat <laughs> the only way to beat Ben <laughs> in a challenge <laughs> make him sad. I just say, you know, life life is depressing enough as it is. I don't need to wallow in it. Well, I mean, we we started this episode talking about film burnout, and it seems like we kind of found our, what was even the term for it, the person who's immune to burnout so far. I mean, if you've been doing 1,000-plus uh, films, or even 2,000-plus films a year for, like, 
for as long as you can remember at this point without any signs. I mean, that's, that's a personality that's immune, almost, I would say. Oh, I read a lot, too. If I'm not playing a game, I'm reading. Do, do you have any physical hobbies as well? Uh, I go hiking occasionally. You know, this time of year is not great for that. But during nicer weather, usually after I drop my kids off in the morning to school, I'll go for a, a hike. I live in kind of a hilly area with a bunch of hiking trails. I don't do sports, if that's what you're more implying. No, hiking works. Hiking is physical. All right, yeah. I just, I, I think everyone here is uh, almost a bit uh, flabbergasted almost by just the amount you're able to go through without ever seemingly uh, burn out. I mean, Adam hasn't spoken in uh, third in about twenty minutes now. I think. I think I'm I'm interested in the psychology of what constitutes burnout for someone. Mm. You know, like what? Why? Why do you feel the need to? Why do you feel burned out? Maybe Arthur, you can go into that because you're the person who probably experienced burnout the hardest. Yeah, it's basically just what I said before. Um, I kind of felt the need to catch up more on hobbies. I find that I'm quite personable and the best way to do that is to be knowledgeable in as many aspects as possible. And with that, I kind of felt done with films and kind of want to catch up on more hobbies, if that makes sense. Yeah, so that that sounds less like burnout and more like a conscious decision to do something else rather than I'm sick of this, right? Yeah, to be fair, it could have been like the I'm turning 30 existential crisis kind of thing, but who knows? Well, that was also the thing. I didn't really go through an existential crisis. Yeah, I, I think I noticed that was a pretty huge pattern that a lot of the uh, incredibly active members during the early uh, 2010s that aren't as active anymore we usually just did it in our early to mid-20s and then as we got older just kind of all fell apart to that point yeah it's interesting i've noticed some of those same members though coming back again and starting to watch it's almost like a like some kind of inverse bell curve where you had people who were really into it fell out of it for whatever reason maybe it is midlife crisis maybe it is true burnout and then after a while we start getting back into it again I've, I've seen several of the big forum members kind of do that. Yeah, that kind of is my case, but it's more like just one film a day at this point and, and adding other stuff on top of that. And I kind of stopped caring about the iCheck movies list at that point because I find that the competition could be a turnoff. Oh, yeah, I don't pay attention to the competition at all. I don't even know what rank I am. I think I'm pretty high, but... Yeah, like as discussed before, that was the uh, main turnoff for me that I want to try to get a certain ranking at every list and... It just really got tiresome at that point. Saul is no longer the old man on the podcast. Oh, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm older than Saul for sure. Oh no, I'm only in my early thirties now, so kind of amusing that I'm talking like that. Yeah, I'm forty one. Yeah, you missed out on a joke we had before. You know, I was asked my age or whatever, and I said, "Oh, I'm thirty six. I'm starting to feel a bit old now because I'm technically late thirties, and Adam's all I'm only a year younger than you, and." Now, obviously, you're on Ben and you're, you're a bit older than both of us. But, um, you know, it just goes to show that, you know, you can keep going on and keep watching, you know, thousands of films a year and, you know, not burn out. So, you know, I think what you said before about variety, I think that's an important part of it. I mentioned earlier in the podcast when I was watching tons of one-hour Westerns for the Westerns Challenge, that's when I started to feel burnt out. I think, yeah, I think you have yourself variety with what you're watching. I think, yeah, that's the best way to keep yourself immune. Yeah, I would not watch a hundred, you know, Roy Rogers westerns in a row, something like that. That would that would feel endless. Would be nice if um Adam if Adam has anything to um add into this because I know he's just been sitting stunned at the moment. Anything you can add to what we've been talking about, Adam? 
I don't know. I think I'm not really convinced that people are burned out. Like I said before, I think people just change interests or change priorities. I don't think most of the people watch too many films and then can't face them anymore. I think they just decided not to watch so many. I don't think I'm burned out at all. I think I just don't focus on films like I used to when I was younger. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I that That's what I seem to see a lot is... It's it's more, oh, I picked up a new hobby that I find more interesting than watching three more movies a day. So now I only watch one movie a day or now I don't watch any movies. You know, I, I watch one movie a week because now I'm going mountain climbing or, you know, whatever else. Oh, I record audiobooks now, too. So that's a, that's another hobby. I, ironically, I think having a lot of hobbies helps me pre- helps prevent burnout, too. Mm. It's just working in time. It, it's all about time management, you know. Yeah. I mean, you see, like the master of time management, and I think everyone's just a bit bit stunned. I mean, you talk about you know going down to one film a day and this being you know such so like an extreme uh, decline. I mean, I think one film a day is very like like for many people that would be very extreme to do one film a day. Oh, it would have been for me in college. Mm. I didn't watch hardly any movies in college. I would watch maybe two a week at most, just because hanging out with friends, going around to concerts, doing a lot of stuff that. I just sadly don't do it. You know, I don't have really close friends that I hang out with all the time. I mean, I'll meet them up. I'll, I'll meet up with a few guys at lunch a couple of times a week. But, you know, that's that's part of getting older and having family and you tend to drift apart. I think we're back to the midlife crisis. Um, <laughs> so yeah. this is not long an episode about burnout. It's just an episode about entering your 30s and 40s. And... Uh, <laughs> And about time management, existential crises, and uh, the importance of other hobbies. Yeah, the, the most traumatic experience of my life is, is was watching that documentary about death when I was like 38. Is this Weissman again? <laughs> no, the other one. Oh, dying at grace. Yeah, dying at grace. Mm. Yeah, I, I, uh, that that was miserable. Probably the worst movie viewing experience of my life. It's just two and a half hours of reminding me that I'm going to die someday. And I I just, I hated it. <laughs> I loved it for that reason, which kind of shows how grim I am. <laughs> but uh, this kind of got me thinking that uh, a lot of us didn't really have any sort of social life in our early 20s. Not necessarily people in this podcast, but I remember it kind of being a pattern in the forum. So maybe it was just a way for us to compensate about something. Could be. Yeah. I mean, I was, I, I left uni and then that's when I started watching tons of films. And then later on, once I kind of had more of a social life, I probably watched less. So I think it was linked. It was linked for me. It was, it was maybe the reason for the hobby in the first place. But then, yeah, I mean, I still watch films though. So it's not. <laughs> no, I mean, f- f- films, films are a great hobby. But, but yeah, I mean, obviously, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot more, more to life as well. Nothing and yet everything. Hmm. Is that a note to end the episode on already, or do we have anything else to say about burnout? Because at this point, it doesn't seem like anyone actually believes film burnout even properly exists. Well, I think to Saul's point earlier, it, I think it does exist, but it's very extreme. If you watch 31-hour westerns from the 30s in in like a three-day period, you're probably going to get burned out on those. But I think, you know, to Adam's point earlier... It, it, I think it's less about over overall. I think it was less about burnout and more about just shifting priorities, finding different hobbies and interests, hanging out with people, different people. 
I think the only type of burnout for me is like, I used to watch the Mafia films on the IMDb lists, and I'd never watched them in a million years now. I don't know if it counts as burnout, but there's stuff I would sit through <laughs> that I wouldn't do now. So I'm not against films. Yeah, I'm not against films. I'm just against films I know I'm going to absolutely hate, like a nine-hour Bollywood film. Yeah, that British challenge earlier this year, I I really tried, <laughs> and I maybe got through like, five or six of them i i just they're awful i couldn't do it anymore that uh, does remind me when we had like the imdb mafia days i'm pretty sure we uh brushed off that movie uh separation as being a mafia film and then we actually watched it and realized that it was great well that was like uh there was a voting campaign definitely on that film What's it that? wasn't yeah, it was on like 9.7 after like 50,000 votes or something. Wasn't yeah. there some kind of... I mean, it wasn't a mafia film in quality, but there was definitely... Wasn't there a reason like there was some kind of protest or something caused that film to get like a ridiculous amount of tens, even though it's a good film and it's not a mafia film. There was, as far as I remember, there was some kind of no, campaign. That. I'm sure because it had something crazy, like its, its rating was like was like insane, basically. Oh, and for anyone listening, when people are referring to mafia films, it refers to uh, a film that uh, it has an overinflated rating for X reason. Yeah, the most notorious examples, if you go and look on IMDb, it, uh, a lot of Indian films and a lot of Turkish films seem to have unusually high ratings. Those Hababam, Sanifi, you know, Chaos Class films, which are awful, just abysmally terrible relentlessly unfunny comedies yeah i mean i i think i'm not sure if those ratings are necessarily fake i think those are just really huge classics in turkey that people really love and comedy doesn't travel necessarily that well but i mean if you yeah look- i mean there's definitely an aspect of that yeah. you know there are definitely films like that in the u.s too that really well-regarded comedies that i'm sure you know, one that I know a lot of people absolutely love is Caddyshack that I just don't find funny at all. But at the same time, Caddyshack was never on the IMDb Top 250. Yeah, that's true. The American films get watched by everyone, whereas the Turkish yes. films... Yeah, mm, exactly. So the rating comes down because even like Caddyshack... I mean, I don't, watch, I don't like a lot of stupid comedies, but you know, you watch them because they're big hits here. Um, so mm. I think the ratings come down more easily for those films than like... The Turkish films seem to be some sort of... I mean, I think I told the story one time when I I used to work in a shop when I was like 10, 10 plus years ago. And this Turkish guy came in to order something. And I asked where he was from. He said Turkey. And I said, I mentioned Kamal Sunal, the, the actor, and, and Hababam. And he like stopped and shook my hand and tipped me like 10 pounds. So it's like some sort of like... <laughs> I think like there's some sort of weird kind of... Um, He's like some sort of absolute cult hero, massive hero in the whole country, as far as I can tell. And we also have to do a Hababam Sanifi episode at some point as well. I'm still waiting for it. I think Saul was actually a fan of the film. Someone was, in a way. Yeah, I think, I think Saul was. I think it's part of his midlife crisis, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, we have had people on the forum who actually love those films. I think they were Turkish, though. <laughs> Jonas gave yeah. it something. Like, you know, no pro, you know Jonas, um, like no pros on the forum. He... um. I'm sure he gave it something crazy, like one of them, like a six or a seven or something. I mean, anyone oh, giving it—it's so crazy. He thought it was casually fine. <laughs> Anything above a one, you know, it's <laughs> insanity in my opinion. I mean, Soul gave it like a six or something, right? 
Yeah, I, I've watched the first two films and they're both a six for me. That's Sorry, that's just the most ridiculous thing I've heard in my life. Oh, you must remember that Swole is also a very strict rater, so that's like a seven on anybody else's skill. How can someone who's watched watches like a thousand films a year think that Habab Sanifi is a six out of ten? That's what I can't understand. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's like it was good, reasonably entertaining. I'm very partial to comedies. We're going to eventually do a Is Comedy Universal podcast. Yes. And, you know, like I laughed, I found it amusing. I mean, I know the camera work and whatever is quite shoddy, you know, I'd admit that or whatever. Mm. But yeah, you know, the films were fine or whatever. I mean, they weren't like, um, you know, laugh out loud, hysterically funny, but they were amusing. And I, I, I like comedy, you know, it's like, one of those rare genres that, you know, can actually really elicit something, you know, very, you know, deep and uncontrollable within you if it's done well. So, look, I will save it to the Is Universal, Is Comedy Universal podcast. But, yeah, you know, look, they're all fine. I mean, they weren't great films, but, you know, they're all fine. Yeah, and I mean, Adam, Adam mentioned that he burned out in those specific movies, so I'm excited that he actually wants to do a Habibam Sneefy podcast. I mean, for com- for It's Comedy Universal, maybe we'll, you know, make him uh, re-watch <laughs> the first one. I'd re-watch if other people watched it the same time as me, mm. and we were commenting on it, but I'm not going to sit and watch, like, seven Habibam films by myself. <laughs> Just one. He'll make you watch one, and then we can maybe do uh, one of the uh, Zurich films from uh, the Soviet Union. <laughs> Honestly, I thought the Soviet comedies were better. Oh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the Soviet comedies. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no. I don't think they were great, but like the, those Turkish comedies just kill me. I, it's a combination, actually, of extreme overreaction followed by explaining the joke right after they deliver <laughs> it, followed by extreme sappy pathos right after that. I actually prefer the Turkish comedies to the Soviet wow, comedies. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, I, 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 I think this is a prequel to uh, It's Comedy Universal. We'll, get, we'll give you more of this <laughs> in a few episodes there, listeners. That, that episode is coming up. Do not worry. <laughs> oh, yeah, as, he's, as you saw, the chatter is saying that he likes Leonid uh, Gadai as well. So uh, we're both uh, partial oh, to Gadai. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I'll drop in on that one. You remember we used to um, say that we had platinum box set of Habab Sanifi films. Mm. We could we could maybe give it to Seoul because we never actually delivered it yet. <laughs> so if you want it, you'll be the first person who actually genuinely wants it. So uh, there's quite a lot of bonus features and interviews and stuff. So yeah, <laughs> just give me your address and we'll post it out to you. Yeah, I've only seen the first two so far. So you know, I, I mean, if I actually saw all of them, I could actually check it off on my letterbox all-time stats. So you know, that is tempting. Well, you know, there's actually a revival of the series, and they have like one point two or something on yeah. IMDb. So don't stay away from that. Well, yeah, they're, they're all listed as part of the collection letterbox. So if I actually want to get that letterbox award, I need to watch all the new ones also. Which yeah. um, well, even the Turkish people don't like those ones, so I think it'll be. It'll be a struggle. Maybe you love it, Adam. I mean, maybe it's like Star Wars. You know, they just have built up so much anticipation for them and then it, it let them down. It wasn't the same. I mean, I think it's because the main guy died and it's mm. like bringing back an institution with like some random young people that no one cares about and it's impossible to follow what's seen as massive classics in the country, I guess. There's also like some sort of reboot of um, kidnapping Caucasian style a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, there was a remake. Yeah, I'm not seeing that though. There was a remake of uh, Kinsat Saw as well as an animated film, which I also haven't seen, but at least that looks a bit better. 
I'm I'm getting like PTSD thinking about um kidnapping Caucasian style, <laughs> and, and I've I mean the kin does whatever you kin however you pronounce it wasn't as bad, but like Ivan Vasilevich and all that crap. Oh God, I actually oh, come on, <laughs> worst film of my life. That's my least favorite film of all time. Wow, I actually feel kind of sick thinking about it. It yeah. was the worst experience I ever had. Anyway, I'm just exaggerating. Sorry, I just made it. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, the film was hilarious, but I haven't seen it since I was a teenager. I have actually rewatched Kidnapping Caucasian Style. I thought it uh, was still really funny, though. I didn't enjoy it as much. <sighs> I'm sorry, Adam. I, I think Adam might be burning out on this conversation. I have not seen Kidnapping Caucasian Style, so I guess I've got that to look forward to. Yeah, you need to, and then you can join this Comedy Universal as well. We would love to have you back for it. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'll, re-watch, I'll re-watch the Turkish films, but I'm not re-watching the Soviet films, sorry. <laughs> but maybe they'll grow on you, Adam. Well, it's like that, um, you know, didn't Albert Brooks do a documentary about whether comedy was universal? Looking for really? comedy in the Muslim world. I haven't seen it, but that could be an interesting topic to discuss. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, he did a movie called, yeah, Looking for Comedy in the Muslim World from 2005. I've not seen that one. Yeah, I, I heard he wasn't very successful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, I guess it's Comedy the Virtual Dancer. Like, it's a spoiler answer that it's not. <laughs> but anyways, that episode is, is coming up. We will have this debate. I think we might have burnt out on things to say about film burnout. I, I was going to originally say, you know, don't overdo it, but Ben proves me wrong. So uh, do whatever you feel like. And if your interests uh, change, so be it. So uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And uh, join us again soon. You have been listening to Talking Images, the official podcast of ICMforum.com.